Hello, my name is Claire and welcome to the Loud and Clear Accounting Podcast. This is the Accounting Podcast where I answer accountancy-based questions. Now in this first series, we've been focusing on the startup questions. So hopefully I've helped you to decide whether trading for a limited company is the best option for you or whether you're going to be self-employed. Now, in the last couple of episodes, I focused on those of you who've decided that self-employment is the right option for you. So we've been going through the questions such as, you know, when do you let HMRC know? What bookkeeping do you need to do? And how do you pay your tax? Now, before I move on to doing the same for those of you who have decided to trade through a limited company, I wanted to take an episode to just delve a little bit more into IR35. Because I'm aware that for some of you, that could be something that you're aware of, but you're not quite sure if it applies to you and if it does, what you need to do about it. So before I answer the question, as always, I just need to do my two quick disclosures. So the first is that I'm a UK-based accountant, so I'm going to be giving advice to UK-based businesses. And the second is that because I'm in my office talking to myself, the advice I'm going to give is going to have to be slightly generalised. And to keep the podcast episode short, there are times where I'm going to have to simplify things as well. So if you feel as though your personal situation is maybe a little bit quirky, or you have any more follow-up questions, or you'd like a little bit more detail, what you can do is go on my website, which is loudandclearaccounting.co.uk. And from there, you'll be able to book in a paid consultation with myself and we can go through those extra questions that you have. So that's the quick disclosures out of the way. Let's get on with answering the question. So what is IR35? Well, IR35 is some HMRC legislation where they are trying to crack down on hidden employees. Now, this has been going on for ages. To give you an idea of how many years ages is, the IR at the beginning of IR35 stands for Inland Revenue. And the Inland Revenue rebranded to HMRC in about 2005. So we're looking at something that's been rumbling on for you know, around about sort of 20 years or so. So why would HMRC want to crack down on hidden employees? Well, obviously it's down to money. So for your contractor or, you know, whoever you're going to be working with, the advantage of you not being an employee is that they are not going to be paying employers national insurance on the money that they're paying you. They're not going to be having to contribute to your pension scheme. They're not going to need to pay you when you're on holiday. They're not going to have to give you statutory benefits such as sick pay or maternity pay. So they can save quite a lot of money keeping people off of the books. Now, the advantage for you as the subcontractor is that as your contractor or your employer is saving money, you can often negotiate a higher hourly or daily rate. So you can gain more income from it. And then you can also save tax because you're now going to be able to offset your expenditure against that. So you'll be paying tax on your profit rather than obviously your turnover as though it was a salary. 
And if you trade through a limited company, you will be withdrawing money as dividends. So you too will be avoiding paying employees national insurance. So there's some real tax savings to both yourself and your employer. So it can be quite advantageous to be, you know, not an employee. And so for that reason, HMRC don't like it because they're missing out on quite a bit of national insurance. So how do you know if you're going to fall under IR35? Well, it's currently a little bit grey. So everyone's trying to sort of figure out how you can define a hidden employee. And we know that's the case because HMRC are taking quite a few sort of high profile people and celebrities to tribunals over this. And some cases they're winning, but they're also losing quite a lot as well. And this is sort of important because we can look at these cases and see why they won some and then also look at why they lost some as well. But because of this sort of grey nature and everyone's sort of trying to figure out how an employee is defined, don't sort of worry if you're a bit unsure because everyone's unsure. You know, the main things that we're going to be looking at is are you being treated as an employee? So when you sign your contract with your contractor, you know, your one month, three months, six months, a year, whatever contract, are you told when you need to be in the office? Are you told what equipment you need to use? Are you told how the job needs to be done? If the office closes, are you told that you can't work in the same way that the employees are? So it's all about how you are managed. I suppose the main thing is, are you being contracted to do a certain job? So, for example, are you being paid for a rebranding project? Therefore, it's kind of quite clear what the outcome is. You give them a price. You know, you can make a profit. You can make a loss on that. You'll choose the hours that you work. You know, you've got the control. It's very clear. Or are you being paid per hour or per day and you just need to be there? So your contractor can give you whatever work they want whilst you're there because you kind of, like an employee, sort of belong to them whilst they're paying for your time. So keep an eye on whether you feel like you're an employee because you'll probably get that kind of vibe. And if so, that will be a bit of a heads up of whether you work on IR35. But there has been some changes with IR35 reasonably recently. So previously, deciding on whether you fell under IR35 was up to you. So it probably comes under no surprise that most people decided that they weren't. Because why would you volunteer to pay extra tax? So this legislation has been going around and everyone's pretty much ignored it. So what HMRC have done is they've said that any kind of medium to large organisations, so that's those with a turnover of, you know, a couple of million upwards, if they were to do a random spot check, and if they were to decide that any of their subcontractors, any of their freelancers fell under IR35, it would be them who has to pay the backdated tax. 
So they would have to look at what they've paid you and they would have to pay the PYE, the national insurance and the employer's national insurance and all of that kind of stuff on top of what they paid you. So that could be a very large tax hit. So if you do work with these larger organisations, could be local councils, universities, maybe just large agencies or corporations, you may find now that they default to assuming that everyone falls under IR35. So even if you're doing a project and you are absolutely adamant that you don't, they will just say to cover their back, you do. And that will just be sort of the end of it. So if you're working with small businesses, it's still up to you. Larger ones, you may find they default to IR35. So what does it mean if you do fall under IR35? Well, it effectively means that you have to be paid through PYE. So you have to go through the system as though you were an employee. So that could be that your contractor or the organisation you're working with puts you on their payroll. So you actually have lots of sort of short-term jobs if that's the kind of work that you do. The other option, and probably the most common option, is that they will use an umbrella company. Now, an umbrella company kind of acts like a middleman between you and your contractor. So the contractor will pay your day rate to the umbrella company. The umbrella company will run that payment through the PYE system, pay the tax over to HMRC, and you will get that net figure back. Now, if you trade through a limited company, you've also got a third option, and that is to process the payment through your own payroll scheme. So it may be that you're currently running a payroll and you're paying yourself, you know, anything between sort of 700, 900, thousand pounds a month, you know, the lower end for tax saving purposes. Now, it would mean if you've got that one project that's under IR35, you will no longer be able to use that lower, sort of more tax efficient salary. Everything you earn through that project will need to go through a payroll scheme. So that's kind of the only difference to whether you're self-employed or trained through a limited company. That obviously, if you're self-employed, you will have to go on their payroll or you have to go through an umbrella company. I mean, they may even force you to set up a limited company, but you will only, unless you do that, you will only have the two options, PYE or umbrella. If you're a limited company, you've got that extra bit of managing the payroll yourself. So I suppose I should end this episode on just kind of going through a bit of the myth around IR35. And that is that if you have only one client, you must fall under IR35. And that is not the case at all. So don't worry if you're just starting out and you've only got one client, or even if you're the sort of business that actually just works on one project at a time, it does not mean that you automatically fall under IR35. Look at how you're working with the client and make the decision yourself. Or obviously, if you're working with larger ones, they'll make that decision for you. Um, but because it works on a project by project basis, it could be that you've got a portfolio of clients. You could have 50 clients, 100 clients. But if one of them starts to turn around and says, you've got to be at the office these hours, we're paying you this day rate, this is what you've got to do. Or if that one client's a larger organisation and they're like, sorry, this contract's under IR35, 
having those other clients will not protect you from that. It is a project by project sort of basis. So I hope that helps and you're feeling a little bit clearer around IR35. And so in next week's episode, I'm going to focus again on those of you who have decided that trading through a limited company is the right thing for you. So we'll start going through the questions of how do you set up that limited company? So hopefully it will make sense and I will see you next week. Thank you.